Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Ernie Good Day podcast, where we have a fundamental belief that people are stronger, more resilient, and far more capable of things than they believe in or have ever been told are possible. I'm your host, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Zach Kanati. What is going on, y'all? I hope you guys have a wonderful Easter. I had a wonderful Easter. If you listen to this afterwards, it's just when it will be dropped and aired. Um, anyways, man, yeah, dude, I hope you guys had a kick-ass Easter, a kick-ass weekend. And <clears throat> if you're in Indianapolis like I am, you're noticing this week is going to be great weather-wise. We might even get up to 80 later this week. Otherwise, the entire week's supposed to be in the 70s. I spent this weekend shirtless in the sun, just soaking up the rays. It has been such a long winter without the sun, and honestly, the winter hasn't even been bad here. It's been freaking easy compared to home, uh, whether it be Minnesota or Iowa. It was, yeah, temperature-wise, it was easy, but I definitely missed the sun, so it was amazing to get that. Got some good hiking in, got some good running in. Um, Anyways, enough about that. I hope you guys are kicking butt. I hope you guys are having a great day and earning your good day, mostly. Now, today we do have a pretty fantastic episode. I think it's one that people have talked about before, but I, I think it's, honestly, I think it's gone underappreciated. Actually, I know it's gone underappreciated, and I think there's been, I don't want to say like deliberate acts, but I think society has started to form in a way to inhibit this, all right, and to make it less likely to happen and to make people... um less able to be able to indulge in this activity uh anyways before we get into that though i do have two asks for y'all the first one is pretty simple and that is if you find something useful beneficial thought-provoking hell if it's funny uh <laughs> i did today's episode i ask that you use it as soon as possible all right the whole point of this show is to give you guys value and the best way I can give you value and the way that you can actually receive that is by trying it out and seeing if it works for you. All right, not everything we're going to talk about on this show works for everybody, but the only way you're going to know that is if you try it out. And the only way you're really going to learn and the only way you're going to get better is by doing things, right? Action solves everything. Uh, so if we can take more action, we'll be able to solve more problems, we'll be able to get better, and we'll be able to earn more good days. Now that's number one. Number two kind of follows along. Oh God, sorry, it's bright. It and the light. We're figuring out the lights here, but we're getting it better. Anyways, number two it follows along with number one, and as if you know somebody who you think would benefit from this information, like that they could use it, that maybe they're in a spot, then you've been talking to them, and they could benefit from this. They could use this. This could help them level up their game to the next level, I ask that you share it with them, right? Just as much as I want to provide value to you individually listening right now, I also want to provide it to more people. Now, I am a man. I talk to a lot of people. I try and spread the podcast, but really, guys, what spreads this more than anything else is if you guys use it and it works for you and you guys think it'll work for somebody else. So those are my two asks that you guys use it and that you share it with somebody if you think it'll benefit them. If we do a good job, all right? If I don't do a good job, don't share it. If it's a crash, trash episode, don't share it. That's uh, I think that's pretty fair trade. But if I do do a good job, which 
so far, I think I've been doing a pretty kick-ass job. We're going on 64 weeks straight, y'all. That is 15 months. Holy crap. Have not missed a single Monday. Um, so we're doing pretty good. The reviews are pretty good so far. Uh, so yeah, if I do a good job, I ask that you share it and that you use it. If I don't do a good job, don't share and don't use it. Now, what are we talking about? And that is quite literally, we're talking about talking. All right, we're talking about talking specifically with other people and specifically we're talking about good conversation, okay? And I think conversation is different than just like an exchange of information. Now, when we talk about communication, there's three steps and there's three key pieces to it, okay? We have the sender, which is the person who has the information, all right? And then we have the message itself, this is that information that's trying to be transmitted between parties. And then we have the receiver, the person who is intended to, well, receive the message. Now, this is a really simplistic breakdown and it does change, right? It is a dynamic, but in every instance. So right now, I am the sender here in this situation. Uh, the message are the words and the facial expressions, the vocal tones, the body language, talking about good conversation. That is the message, right? And you guys listening and or watching this are the receiver. Now, each of us has a pretty important job, all right? And being there's only just the two of us, like there could be multiple parties, but the sender and the receiver each have very important jobs. Now, my job as the sender is to attempt to articulate and explain whatever I'm trying to communicate to you in the clearest way possible that is most likely for you to understand. All right, that is my responsibility. It is my job, it is my responsibility to do the best job that I can do to explain it in a clear, understandable way for you. So during this, that means uh, now we're doing video, so you guys have a whole nother way to receive information, which we'll talk about what that includes here in a little bit. Um, it also means speaking clearly, trying to minimize filler words, being expressive, having vocal tonality, and not mumbling my words and trying to enunciate properly. Now, sometimes I'm not always the greatest at this. We're working on it. I will tell you, I'm a lot better. I listen to old episodes back in the day when we first started, and I do think I have gotten much clearer, much more articulate, and definitely less filler words than we had back then. So we're making progress, we're moving in the right direction, and that's really the important thing. That's the whole point we started this, for me to get better and to hopefully pass on some information to help you guys get better. Now that's my job, is to attempt to make it as clear as possible. Your job as the receiver is simply to, you actually have two parts. Number one is to attempt to understand it, right? Try to take it for what it is and to minimize or to see through your own lenses of reality, biases, things like that. And if you don't understand it, it is on you to let me know that you don't understand it, okay? It is your responsibility as a receiver to communicate back to the original sender that you don't understand the message that they sent you. Now, this is where it does get dynamic because now you are the sender your misunderstanding is the message and the original sender now becomes the receiver. Okay. So that's how it's dynamic, but it is your job as the initial receiver 
to articulate and to communicate to the original sender that you don't understand their message. Now, this could be done in a way of a clarification. This could be, hey, dude, I didn't hear you. Can you speak up louder? And like, oh, yeah, sorry, Johnny. I didn't know I was talking so quietly. You know, <laughs> uh, Or if they were mumbling, say, I didn't quite catch that. Could you enunciate it a little bit better for me? I'm just having trouble understanding you. Um, you know, you can do this in a whole different number of ways. And there are a couple different types of communication that extend further from this, right? We all have a smartphone. So communication can occur in any of these signals. I think an easy one could be, you know, like smoke signals, right? So you got two fires and they go do like Morse code or however you communicate in smoke signals. I will say about communication though, the international sign for if you're in trouble is three like beeps or clicks of anything. So it'd be like beep, beep, beep. Uh, not like the beep, beep, beep real fast, but kind of held out. So beep, beep, beep. Uh, that is the international sign for distress. So if you guys are ever trapped or you guys are in a, <clears throat> like if it's in winter and you get a snowstorm and you're stuck in the woods or, you know, whatever, and you get lost or trapped, if you have something, that is the international system or sign for distress. So you guys can use that. Hopefully get yourself out. Now that would be like a very basic form of communication, right? Because you, the sender, doing the one, two, three, the message is however you're going to send that, whether it be a smoke signal, lights, whistles, car horns, what you name it. And then that person then trying to find you, uh, hopefully trying to communicate, be like, hey, where are you? Do it again, blah, 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 blah. Uh, another one, right, could be uh, like a big mass media, right? So there's lots of propaganda going on, lots of media campaigns, you guys can see the art I have behind me. So if this had uh, like something else on it is saying, I have an American flag in my room because I'm a patriot and go America, even though we got a lot of issues going on. Um, so those are all messages, right? Then we get into things like email or, or tweets or like social media posts, text messages. And these things, they are a little bit better than like the smoke screen or like the meat or like the big, you know, three dots or however you're going to do that, like media. And the reason they're a little bit, I guess they're about the same as propaganda, but they're a little bit better because now they usually have uh, text or pictures. So we have a different way to gather information from that. All right. And then we have what would be something like a phone call or listening to something. So if you guys listen to this on audio and you don't watch it, that would be the next one. And that is basically going to be a little bit more because now you can hear the speed, the vocal influx, the tonality, right? If I go, uh, you know, if I raise my voice and I'm like, oh my God, but like, you know, really? I just wanted to tell Johnny that um, he's just so freaking cute right like that communicates differently than oh my god bro i just want to tell johnny bro you looking swole right or damn johnny you've been hitting them weights right all these things the verbiage like the literal words are pretty similar to each other but because of the tonality you get it there's also another one about dogs where they say like they don't actually respond to the words that we use. They respond to the vocal tonality and influx that we do. 
So it's this, a video of a guy and he's going like, oh my God, I fucking hate you so much. You're like, you're the biggest piece of shit ever. And like, I just want to snuggle you and strangle you all the time. But like, yes. And the dog's like, oh my God, you're the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like his tail's wagging. He wants to play. Um, And then he goes next and he goes like, I love you so much. And you're the greatest dog ever. You're the love of my life. And oh my God, like, I just don't know what I would do without you. And he's like very angry sounding. And the dog's like, oh my God, bro. Like, what did I do? You're just so cool. You're just so happy. Like, don't, don't get mad at me. So the words, right? In the first one where they sounded happy were very angry, very mean. Yet the dog responded very positively to him. So he was responding off of the vocal influx and the tonality versus in the second one, the words were very nice and very loving, but the tone was very angry. You know, he was yelling at the dog. He was, you're bad, bad boy. You know, I love you. You're the best boy ever. But because he sounded angry, the dog responded angry, right? Or like he thought he was getting yelled at, even though he was being... He's being congratulated. He's like, I love you, boy. Um, so that's another way to do it. And then the best, the next step up would be if you're watching this, right? And so you can see some facial expressions. You can see my hands, my jazz hands, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching like a full body, like a movie, you can see body language. So a person's stance, their demeanor, whether they're slouched or they stand up nice and tall or if they're relaxed or they're tight or, you know, they're cowering. All of these things tell us something different about the person's communication. And the best one is live and in person, okay? And the reason this is the best isn't necessarily because it, but it's because you're able to receive the most types of communication from the sender as the receiver. And that means the communication is more likely to be understood. It's going to be clear and there's going to be more coherence between the sender and the receiver. And the message is going to be misconstrued less often. I was actually just at the Indiana Department of Health last week. And one of my coworkers for the week was talking about how they had sent an email and or they had received an email and sent one in response to that. Uh, and both of them got misconstrued along the way. And they thought people were like yelling at each other. But it turns out like it just got how it was the specific wording wasn't done well. or wasn't clear enough for the receiver. So they had to go and end up having like a face to face conversation and ended up solving the whole thing. And they're like, oh, it was just like a big miscommunication. You know, or you hear all the time about couples that get into fights because somebody sent a text message that, you know, they meant in like a fun teasing way and somebody took it as like, oh, you're such a bitch. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> you know, and there's a big fight or there's supposed to be a joke. It's not taken as a joke, something like that. And that is why a face-to-face -face conversation is the best way to have a good conversation because not only do you get all the vocal, right? The actual words, you get the vocal influx, the tonality, and you get the body language and the facial expressions. And what's even cooler 
is now we actually know that we have an electromagnetic field that extends up to about six feet. Um, now, I will confess, I have not read any research on this that's per se, but I've heard it from plenty of people and I've read some things, um, some research studies like GFR cameras where you can see a person's aura, which is what they're calling the electromagnetic field. Uh, there's people who do sound therapy with it, but that aura, that electromagnetic field interacts with another person. And this can be explained like if you're ever in a room and you just kind of feel somebody walk in, you don't hear them, they don't say anything, you don't see them even, but you just like feel this presence behind you or like you feel like you're being watched and then, oh, I am oh, crazy. Oh. And you are, right? That's likely what they're hypothesizing is because that person's electromagnetic field is interacting with yours. You know, this can also be how like, you can just feel something's off, like a person's body language doesn't necessarily look off to you. Uh, they're not saying anything's wrong, like everything seems good in their life, but their vibe is just off. Or like you walk into a room and instantly you're like, nah, bro, like you, you're not it. You need to leave. Like I, you and I don't belong in this same vicinity. Like we're not going to get along. We're just going to do this the whole time. We need to, instead of this, we're just going to go here. So you need to leave, right? Because obviously I'm top G, I'm the king. Uh, it's my world. So you need to leave and you need to listen to the king. But <laughs> yeah, it's in my house. I could say that then. But that's what kind of what we're talking about, right? So we have all these different layers of communication. And there's actually a guy, let me pull up his name real fast. Uh, where is he? It's Albert... What's his name? Where is it? Albert Mahar Marabian. Albert Marabian. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. And this guy actually came up with the rule of what percent of communication is brought by different areas. And so he has, it's called the 738-55% rule. So 7% of our communication, we understand by the actual literal words that I'm speaking to you, right? So if you were to, what is it called? Type this down and annotate it, I think, uh, and actually just read this, right? Like I convert this to a blog post on WordPress every week. So if you guys would go read that blog post where this is just written out verbatim, word for word, then that would be only about 7% of the amount of communication or the total message you guys would be getting is from that blog post. Then we have 38%, which comes from vocal tone and influxing. So this is why lecturing is better than reading, right? And this is also why uh, listening is better than just well, reading, I guess. And you get more because you can hear and understand the vocal tone and influx. Same thing with the dog, right? The dog wasn't responding to the words of, oh, you're the worst boy ever, but, and, oh my God, I love you so much, Ugh right? Like he was responding to the vocal influx. So that makes up 38%. And then <clears throat> the last 55% actually comes from, they call it nonverbal, which is facial expressions and body language. So this is how you could have somebody like, they don't look at you. Usually you can tell if they're being sarcastic, like, oh yeah, great job there, bro. Ha. <laughs> 
Yeah, really, really great job there, bro. I feel, I feel like Trump does that all the time. He's like, really? It was just, just really amazing. Really amazing. <laughs> the terrible impression. But I just thought of that. Uh, maybe he's being, maybe Trump's just totally sarcastic all the time when he speaks. And that's why he pisses everybody off. off. Um, back on topic, though. So that's where that rule. And Albert Maher, Maher, Meridian, excuse me, apologize, Albert, is the gentleman who came up with this rule. And uh, they actually have done some studies on this in terms of how we develop. And it actually starts really, really young, like right when we get out the womb and when we can open our eyes. Now, if you guys don't know, babies can only see clearly, right? So if you look at your hand and you're extended out and you're going to bring it all the way in until it gets blurry, assuming you have normal vision, right? So I get about right here, right? So you guys can see on the side, right about here is the close I can get. And after this, it starts to get blurry. Now, what's interesting about that is that's actually about the first spot where babies can see clearly. And if you think about it, if mom's holding them or dad's holding them, their face is right here. So the distance from being held to here and their face is about the first thing that they can see. It makes sense because mom and dad are the ones who raise them. They're the ones who care for them. So they're the ones who they need to be able to see. I don't need to see the tiger a mile off in the distance because I can't run from it anyways when I'm a baby, right? I need to see my mom to see if I need to be freaking out to see if she's freaking out. Because if she's not freaking out, I probably don't need to freak out, right? But if she's freaking out, I might need to start tweaking, bro. I might, I might have something to worry about. Uh and actually within four months, right? So that's where we can see faces clearly is within right about here. It's about six to eight inches. And which is about as far as when you're holding a baby and like your faces, obviously you might hold them different, but you know, think about like breastfeeding or generally how a mom's going to carry them. It's usually going to be right up in here. So they can see mom's face. And within four months, they can actually test in research that babies can tell the difference between like positive and negative emotions, right? So they know if mom's happy or they know if mom's sad or pissed off or angry or something. And they know surprise. Uh, and this is also like peekaboo can be such a good game for babies, you know, peekaboo. And like, <laughs> you have that beautiful little baby laugh um, because they're learning facial expressions. That has to do with some other psychological principles too. But that's one of them is because they, you can do like, oh, you know, and they go like, oh my God. Or you can do like, oh, and like, <laughs> uh, I make myself laugh way too much on uh, this podcast. It's good though. But they do that, right? And so babies can understand. And then within a year, babies can actually do what's called social referencing. So that's where they're judging uh, and altering their emotional state based off of whoever they're with. So if you ever see like little kids, right? And they meet new people, they almost always, the first thing that they do is they look up at who they're with, right? Whether that's um, like the babysitter, the mom or the dad, family member, they look up at who they're with because they're judging, okay, is this person safe, right? Is mom or dad, let's assume, are they cool with them? Okay, if they're cool with them, I can probably be cool with them because if they're not cool, I probably can't be cool with them. You know, like maybe I need to be a little bit more on guard. Maybe I need to be a little bit more aware. Like 
is it safe? Is this not safe? And so it's like as parents, it's it's important for parents to understand that about their kids and to actively do that, you know, and to bring their children around to like friendly people so that the kid, you know, they can see you, right? And they did a study with this uh, since we just got through COVID about how masking has actually impacted this because when we're out in public, everybody's forced to wear a mask, right? And so all you can see is somebody's eyes down, right? And then your voice sounds a little bit different too. So imagine if you guys can see like what I'm doing. I'm a pretty expressive person. So you, most people can like tell if I'm doing something, right? Even like above, like, you know, you can see like my crow feet here. Like, I'm cheesing, I'm cheesing. I'm like angry, angry, surprise, fear, you know, or... Like it's much more difficult to <clears throat> see the emotion. And they actually saw that because babies developed this so young that they were at a, a severely disadvantaged state in terms of their like emotional uh, recognition of different emotions, their cognitive ability and their social development. Because right, think about when kids are little, they don't necessarily understand the context of everything. Everybody's kind of just like playing based off of each other. You know, so if everybody's playing in the sand lot, that's why kids are so dynamic, you know, because they go and boom, one kid pops off and the other kid sees it and like, whoa, 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 you know, and that's because they're basing it off of what other kids are doing. And kids are just all over the place because they have so much energy that they can do that. And then you see, right, like that's how kids can do 15 different games in 30 minutes and you're still trying to stay on one right? Because you're context dependent. You're like, oh, we're going to do this game. And kids are like, nah, I'm just going to fuck it. We're going to do whatever, you know? So they're going to, they're going to be really dynamic and change. And if they're in a group of kids, they're going to do a whole lot of different things. And then, you know, they could be playing really nice. And then one kid like does something, doesn't even say anything. And then it's like a big brawl, you know, because they're judging based off of their reactions. And well, if you want to wear a mask or whatever, I personally think they're stupid. There's not a lot of research say they work real well. Um, they didn't work in COVID at all. Um, they did not flatten the curve whatsoever. But some people still want to wear them, so more power to you. But basically what it goes, and more the more important thing is it's showing us to why like face-to-face -face conversation and seeing right everything about the face is really important. And the really clear distinction, I'm going to link these studies down below, guys. Uh, what they saw was that kids were less able to distinguish positive emotions. So they could understand the negative ones just fine, right? But they had a harder time telling if somebody was being positive, thinking positive or behaving, excuse me, positive than when they were doing a negative. And this makes sense, right? Because negative emotions are more likely to have a life or death consequence from an evolutionary lens, right? Like if somebody's pissed at me and they're going to beat me up, I need to recognize that a lot faster than if somebody's happy with me. Because while I might add to my life, it's not threatening to end my life, which that's very interesting. And then there was another study, it was called social media's effects on emotional regulation. Uh, let me pull it up for you, you guys here. So you guys can understand this. All right. So it was continue. Yes. 
It was social media use and its impact on relationships and emotions. Now, this study had a sample size of 627 participants. Actually, oh, we can share this screen because we're doing Zoom skis, bro. Right? Boom, boom. Let's do that. Let's do that. There it is. Okay, so you guys can see this now. So we got, this is a preview. I didn't get the whole article because I'm not paying for it. Um, but the sample size, they had 627 participants. So a pretty large sample size. And they did mixed methods, which basically means they did objective stuff. So quantitative. So how many hours you do, like this is number stuff, right? And they also did qualitative, which is subjective. So mixed methods just means they did objective and subjective methods when they did surveys. Uh, so they did the Linkert scale and short answer questions regarding social media use and emotional well-being, right? And they also uh, talked about basically like the longer you were on social media and the more use you went. Okay, so here it was emotional well-being also mediated the relationship between time spent using social media and the quality of the user's relationships meaning that the more time they spend on social media, the more likely their emotional well-being declined, which negatively impact their negatively impacted their relationships. So the top three negative effects, like what they responded from excessive social media use was frustration, depression, and social comparison. So keeping up with the Joneses to the extreme is like in fitness, it's like, oh, I'm not 5% body fat. I'm fat as shit. I feel that all the time. Uh, <laughs> I basically have a six pack and I feel fat some days just because I'm a little bit bloated. It's stupid. Uh, also seeing bodybuilders and be like, damn, bro, you small as shit. Even though I'm not. I might only weigh 106 pounds, but I'm muscular. Anyways, um, and then with their relationships, the other three negative effects that they saw were distraction, irritation, and decreased quality time with their significant other in offline settings. Now, this is really interesting here because what we're doing is while we're expressing and we're seeing a lot of social media interaction, right? Like we're watching a lot of videos, there's not this dynamic relationship between the sender and the receiver. Like if you guys, if we're even if we were text messaging back and forth, if you didn't understand something or you want to clarify something, you could shoot me a text back where versus even in this, you guys have no way of dynamically interacting with me, even if you comment, right? Like even if you guys leave a comment, it's still going to have to wait till I see it. I'm going to have to wait a whole week to address it. And you're likely going to be in a totally different emotional, mental, physical, and psychological state than you are in this moment listening to it, right? And that's the, that's the important thing about social media and not being face-to-face, -face, not seeing uh, facial expressions is one, we have a harder time recognizing it. Two, because they're not as dynamic of situations, we don't get that practice on how to dance, right? Everybody talks about like when you waltz or when you dance, like there's a leader and there's a follower. And that's the same thing. There's a sender and there's a receiver. As the leader, it's my job to lead you in the right movement, not be too aggressive, not be too passive but lead you stay with the tempo and also provide the right structure, right? So being clear and concise with my communication, well enunciated and in an understandable way, right? That's being a good conversational leader. 
versus a follower is, you know, adjusting to it, trying to, oh, hey, okay, you're pulling me this way. I'm going to go this way. The next step is here. Like I'm following your lead, same way in the conversation, right? You guys are trying to follow along while we go through this topic about, you know, good conversations, how to have more of them, things like that. And we don't get that dynamic dance when we're wearing masks, facial coverings. We're not having face-to-face interactions. And I think this is a big reason why so many people, while we have phones, we're more connected than ever, right? Like we have more time interacting with each other. It's increasingly less dynamic, right? Like now there's VR where you can go communicate with somebody. Like they're trying to launch the metaverse or you're not even in the same room, but you're talking with people and you're seeing some avatar that they create react. So it's not even a real person. They're like video games. You can play with your roommates in different rooms in the same house, right? So you can hear them, you can see their character moving, but you're in your own room, right? Like there's no live interactive dynamic relationship going on. And so we don't get 55% of the amount of communication that we could be getting. So we're only getting 45% of the message that's being sent. And if we're not getting all of it, that means we're not going to be making as good of decisions. We're not going to be able to respond as well to a person. We're not going to be right as witty, as dynamic. Like honestly, guys, texting, I freaking suck. I'm the most boring texter. I do find some pretty fire memes. I will say that. So if you guys want to follow me on Instagram at Kanadi underscore fit, uh, and you guys want some memes, you got to send me something first. Uh, so we're going to kind of get that banter going back and first, back and forth. Like you guys send me some fire memes. Otherwise I'm not sending you any, but I do send some fire memes. You can ask my boy Dylan and Shoda and Colin what they think of my memes, but <laughs> and my boy Jared, I sent him some memes. Me and Shota, we do some dark humor memes. Those are the best. They're fucked up, but they're the best. Um, so we're missing this uh, dynamic and over half of the message as a nonverbal communication because we're not being face-to-face. And even if it's like a FaceTime, it's not as good, but it's about as good as you can get without being in the same room as somebody else because you're getting the facial expressions. You're getting the body language. You can see if they're moving. You can see even if they don't, verbally respond to something you can see if their body shifts right guys as a personal trainer that 55 percent is honestly more important than the rest of it i like working with clients as a personal trainer because when i'm judging somebody i see if they're tense right because most of the time that's why they're not moving right and their body is communicating a whole lot to somebody next time you guys are in a conversation you're curious if somebody's like genuinely invested in it based on their responses, look at where their feet are pointed. If they're pointed at you, they're most likely going to be invested in the conversation. But if they're facing you and their feet are pointing off to the side, right? Like they're pointing away from you, not towards you. And they're kind of like this. They're probably only half paying attention to you. Now they might be invested, but because my body is mostly this way, my attention is mostly going to be going this way. And so now I have to work to come back to you and see, even now you guys can see my shoulders changed, right? So there's all these different things that you can start to pick up on that are just unavailable if you don't have a face-to-face conversation, like that's live and dynamic. 
So we've talked a fair amount about this already. Let's talk about how to be better at it, okay? How do we have better conversations? How do we become more interesting, more I guess, socially attuned, right? So the first one is you got to take care of yourself, all right? The key to being in a good conversation is you got to be awake and alert enough for it. So that means you got to be exercising, you got to be eating right, you got to be hydrated, you got to be sleeping right. And you got to, first off, you got to be interested and invest in the conversation. That's number one. Okay. Even if you're texting, if you don't really care, like you can almost feel like through a text message, if somebody's like, ah, bro, I don't give a fuck about this right now. Like, I, I really could care less about you in this conversation you're trying to have with me. I'm just not about it. You can almost feel it. Right. And that is, that's, that's real. Like if think about yourself, when you're tired, you're just like, I just want to go to bed. That's fine. That's normal. It's natural. So if you want to have a good conversation or you know you need to have a good conversation, or you have like an interview coming up or you want to ask your boss for a raise or you're going to ask somebody out on a date, take care of yourself, right? Get a good night's sleep, eat, be hydrated. Don't be hung over anything. You know, have worked out, get your jitters out, breathe, do all these things. So you're just in a good, you know, just take care of your body, Okay. Take everybody is what I'm trying to say. Next is be face-to-face. All right, it's much, much, much easier to get all the social cues, all the interactions, all of the, actually majority of the message of the non-verbal sense when you're face-to-face or at least on FaceTime, okay? And if you can't do a phone call, then don't sit there and like try and text. You're not gonna get it as much and it's too easy to get distracted. All right, so that's number two is being face-to-face. Number one is taking care of yourself. Number three is to genuinely listen to the person, okay? And what do I mean by this? A lot of times, like, you'll hear this, like, active listening. All right, bullshit, dude. Like, it basically just means, like, listening and trying to understand the person before you try and respond. What I mean by this is that if somebody's telling you something, and you pause for a second to then digest it and then come up with your own answer and there's a beat or a couple beats of silence, that's okay. That's okay, right? Imagine if you're talking with somebody, you're having a real conversation, and as soon as you finish, like you go, boom, they're like, right? And you go this, boom, or you're arguing with somebody. And as soon as you finish, but you did this, but you did that. But you did this, but, 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 and you guys start talking over each other. What does that tell you about that other person? How much they're really listening and trying to not, not just like hearing the words that you're saying, but actually listening and understanding what you're saying. What does that tell you about them? It tells you they're not really listening to you because for them to respond that quick, they have to be coming up with a response as you're speaking. And our brains suck at multitasking. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If you multitask between two tasks, it takes you twice as long and you make twice as many mistakes. All right. So it's better to just task switch. Because you can't do two things at once. You just quickly switch between. Do, 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 do. So it'd be better to go here finish this or get some progress on this and then go here, right? And that's what we're doing when we're actually listening to somebody, 
And it's okay if there's silence. It is okay, everybody. I guarantee you it's okay. And I'll give you guys a trick too. I do this with clients all the time. If you ask somebody a question and they give you like a bullshit kind of answer, like, what do you like to do? Oh, you know, I like to just kind of hang out. Just pause. Don't respond. And here's the reason. Because as uncomfortable as you are, right, they're going to be more uncomfortable if you don't respond and they're going to start filling the silence by responding. So if you just leave it open, it'll feel it'll feel really long and take some practice. Trust me, but they will start responding more. And same thing, if you're talking all the time and you don't give the other person a chance to respond, how fun is that conversation going to be? Right? Not very. So listen, there's a good ratio for this. We have two ears and one mouth. We should use them proportionately. Okay, so you should be listening a lot more than you're talking. And you should be aiming for understanding. All right, even in an argument. Don't aim first to win, aim first to understand. And if you're having a difficult conversation with somebody, it's going to be much, much easier to have that conversation. If you're not trying to convince somebody of your point, but if you're merely trying to A, understand theirs, understand theirs first, right? And then B, try and have them understand you. And the reason why you try and understand theirs first is because you can't control if they really want to hear out and understand your side of the argument, especially with some like the controversial topics going on today. A lot of people don't even want to hear any counter argument. You're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a white supremacist, whatever slur you want to throw on there, right? You're hate crime, you hate blah, 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 blah. You're this phobic. It doesn't matter, right? And it goes both ways, you know? It goes both ways. <clears throat> you're an alt-left extremist communist. Oh, you're fucking KKK racist, bigoted, transphobic motherfucker. Right? Like everybody flames everybody over the dumbest shit because nobody can do exactly what we're talking about. Nobody can freaking have a good, honest conversation. And the la- uh, the second, the next point, second to last one, is if you want to be interesting first, be interested okay and that is a critical one because people are so self-absorbed even the most selfless people love talking about themselves the most used language word in the english language is the word i i do this i do that my this i'm this i'm doing this i feel this i think that i this i'm hungry i'm sad i'm tired i'm thirsty i i i i i people love talking with themselves. So let them be interested in them. And two, if people are fucking interesting, dude, like if you really listen to people like, and you really try and understand like their story, even what seems the most boring person has a rich, rich life. And like, they might just be like a little old small town person. Right. But like, if you ask them, tell me more about that. How did you come to that conclusion? Well, what led up to that? What made you decide that? Right. Which is the last point, which is ask open ended questions 
Because what that's going to do is an open-ended question, you can't just respond. Basically, you can't respond yes or no to an open-ended question. So if you're asking yourself, well, how do I know if it's open-ended? If you can respond yes or no to it, it's not open-ended. It's closed. If you need to explain more, even if it's just, oh, I don't know, that's more of an open-ended question, right? So usually, uh, what, like how, why, when, you know, things that need more explanation are going to do it. And you can phrase things in a way where it's like, instead of, do you like X, Y, Z? Be like, tell me about what you like, right? Uh, have you ever had this, right? Instead of, you know, I'm trying to think of how, how you would make that open in a que- an open-ended question. What would promote you to trying something like this? There you go. Uh, or what emotions do you exhibit when you, what feelings do you get when you try this? Something like that. Do you like to go do this? Yes or no? Right, closing a question. What would you go like to go do? Or what do you like to do in your free time? You know, and another really good one is if somebody, you ask an open-ended question, they go, hang out with friends. Tell me more about that right? Literally say that. Tell me more about that. Or could you explain? Tell me more. You know, something simple like that, you'll get a lot more responses to that. So guys, those are the steps to having a good conversation, right? First off, take care of yourself so you can be present for it. Make it face-to-face or as close to -to face-to-face as you can. Honestly, listen, follow the two-to-one ratio. Listen before you speak, Aim for understanding their side first. And then secondly, aim for them understanding your side. And if they don't want to understand, then you've done your best. Uh, Ask open-ended questions. And finally, if you want to be interesting, be interested. Okay. Now, those are the five or so steps to being a better conversationalist. Actually, be six steps to having better conversation. I think if we're going to add one in there, it would be being genuine. It's very easy to tell when somebody is trying to force a conversation or put on a a facade or a face. Be genuine, guys. Like just, if you don't like something, say you don't like it, right? Like I know it can be social pressure and such, but say you don't like it. It shows that you're confident in yourself. And it shows that, you believe in yourself. And it also shows that other people have responded well to it. And frankly, it's not your job to cater to everybody else's opinions. Uh, I'll be the first one to admit though, this is very hard and it's something I still work on all the time. All right. I don't like conflict per se. I will go into it if I need to, or something I feel very strongly about, but I don't like it. So it's, I'm much more inclined to just go, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, cool, and not have the discussion. But that doesn't go real well because then the more you do that, people, A, it trains you to do that more often, and B, people don't really see you as anything because you're like, oh, yeah, he's just always there. He's always agreeable. There's nothing memorable about you. There's nothing memorable about the yes man. People only ever remember people who went against the grain or people who were willing to stand up for what they believed in when others weren't. And it shows that you're confident and you're strong in yourself. And that's attractive. That quality right there. 
uh, whether it's just for friendships, whether it's for romantic relationships, it doesn't matter. Standing up for yourself and your beliefs is attractive. Now, how we do that is like any skill. It We start small and we practice and we stay consistent and we slowly level up and we try and do more and more and bigger and bigger and bigger. So start small. If it's just say no to somebody for like, oh, do you want to catch up on this? No, I'm okay. Right. Oh, can I get you anything? No, I'm okay. It's very easy. And I say, do you like mac and cheese? No, I really don't. Do you want any extra dessert? No, you know, I'm good today. I I don't need any today. Are you sure? Yeah, I, I don't really want any. I don't need any. You know, and then say, when well, you can start getting any controversial topics um, and just don't be a dick about it. Be like, no, nah, man, fuck you. Like, don't do that. Don't be that guy or that girl. But be willing to stand up. And if somebody doesn't like it, that's their responsibility to deal with their emotions. It's not yours. That's a hard reality to deal with because a lot of times, especially if you grew up in the Midwest, it was if you don't have anything nice to say, shut up. Well, if you don't have anything nice to say, sometimes you need to voice it. Just reality of the situation. So guys, I do have a challenge for you this week. And that is to have one genuine face-to-face conversation with somebody. Like stick around, try and extend a conversation for 30 seconds more with somebody. Use some of these, like try and learn something new about somebody. Have a conversation, intentionally have a conversation with somebody. Right now, whether that's just a coworker, whether that's somebody you know really well, whether that's a stranger on the street, whether you're trying to flirt with somebody, whether you're trying to do business with somebody, whether you just want to have a nice conversation, it does not matter. But have a minimum of one conversation by next Monday when we drop the next episode. Okay, that's my challenge. I want you guys to do what we talked about here. Before we end, though. You guys know I always come through and we got the recipe. And guys, this one is actually coming from Healthy and Homemade from the Nutrition and Fitness Calendar. Ooh, oh, this is really shiny. There, can we? That's a little bit better. That's less shiny. So look at this. Ooh, ah, so cool. It's calendar. But it's got some pretty sweet recipes. So this is what it looks like, right? What we're making is vegetable fried rice. If you want, obviously you can throw some beef or some chicken in this. It does have eggs, so this is not vegetarian or vegan, but it's pretty easy and it looks pretty fire. I'll actually be making it this week. So stick around for that. Check out the Instagram, Kanadi Kanadi underscore fit on the IG. We'll be posting about it and it's gonna be delicious. So here's the ingredients. We need three eggs. We're gonna lightly beat them. Uh, We need two tablespoons of oil. This recommends canola or vegetable oil. One half cup of chopped onion, two uh, minced garlic cloves, or a half tablespoon of garlic powder if you don't have real garlic. Three cups of brown rice. Honestly, you could do whatever rice you wanted. Brown rice is going to be a little bit healthier. Two cups of frozen vegetables thawed. Uh, If you guys go to Aldi's, you guys can get like a five or six pound bag, the cheapest. That's probably the easiest way to get veggies nowadays. Uh, You can also, I know a lot of places sell like the dollar, the dollar 50 ones. They're like four cups worth. Those are good. So you can, and they're like a dollar, a dollar 50. So they're really cheap. And then two tablespoons of low sodium soy sauce. Now, 
This recipe does make four servings. So if you have a family of four or you want a meal prep for the week, you can do that. One serving is one and a half cups after it's all cooked and mixed together. So you scoop it up, one and a half cups worth. It's 350 calories with 12 grams of protein and 49 grams of carbs and seven grams of fiber. Now, how do we actually make this? All right, so we're going to take a large skillet. We're going to turn it on over medium heat, get it nice and hot. Uh, we're going to spray some non-stick spray on there. We're going to add some eggs. We're going to cook them bad boys up in there. And you want to make sure you stir. So we're going to be like scrambling them, obviously. Um, we want to cook them until they're firm, not like super dry, but also not wet and undercooked, like that good medium. Uh, we're going to, it says about three minutes it should take to cook these. And we're going to set them aside on another plate. Next, we're going to add our oil. So remember, that's two tablespoons. And then we're going to add uh, our garlic and onion on there. We're going to cook that. Then we're going to stir in our rice, our vegetables, and soy sauce. And then we're going to mix all that together, heat it up. So obviously, you would have cooked your vegetables, thawed those out. You would have cooked your rice already. Trick with brown rice, boil it for a couple minutes before you steam it. It gets a little bit softer. Same thing with quinoa. Uh, and then finally, after about three minutes of mixing everything in, we're going to stir in those eggs. And if you'd like, you can obviously add any extra protein to do that. If you're in a muscle building or even a fat loss phase, I would highly recommend adding some lean protein to that, whether that be some white meat chicken or some fish. Uh, so that's what that looks like here. We'll go like that. That's there we go. Now it's right side up. Look at that. Good job, Zach. Good, <laughs> good job. Uh, this is actually April's month. You can see this is April's recipe. So be pretty good. I'll be making that this week and sending that out. So guys, that is the episode. The challenge this week is to have a good conversation with somebody, have a real honest conversation with somebody. Ideally, it would be face-to-face, -face, but if you got to call somebody, sometimes that works. I think you guys all know the value in really good, honest, genuine conversations with somebody. Um, I don't think we're having nearly enough of them. And I think that's a big problem as to why we got so many problems in the United States and around the world and as to why there's so much discourse and tension in people. So guys, with that, go ahead and kick some ass. Uh, if you found anything useful, funny, interesting, thought-provoking, and change your perspective, it was just useful information, guys. I ask that you go out and use it. Use the stuff to have a better conversation. And if you know somebody who maybe wants to step out of their social circle, wants needs some help conversating, a little bit more shy, share this episode with them. If you think it's going to be valuable and you think it was a good job, share the episode. Use yourself, guys. Cook the recipe. Do the challenge. But most importantly, guys, go out and earn your good day. Peace.